blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like an evisine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like an evisine. Blast off, blast off, blast off. Blast off on another VIP episode of Hero Paranormal Podcast. My name is Ryan, the original outlaw of the airwaves, bringing you a crazy episode today. Broadcasting from the base of La Madre Mountain, just south of Area 51. I'm bringing it hard. Let's say that you or someone you knew had made a device that created free energy. What's the likelihood that device would ever really make it to the people, to the masses. Very unlikely. Just put yourself in the position of a head of state or someone in charge of an empire or a lot of empires and think of what you would do to keep this out of the reach of the public. I'd keep it at the bottom of the ocean. So keep this in mind as we discuss a very interwoven, strange web of interestingness. I'll just call it interestingness. On today's episode, we tackle the muddy waters of the history between, well, an anti-gravitic device, an alleged secret scientific lab called The Lake, popularized by many, including Grant Cameron, and the early associations of Dr. Hal Putoff, Dr. Kit Green, Joe Firmage, and others in the space. Mr. Joe Firmage, for those who are not familiar with him, has been called the Fox Mulder of Silicon Valley. He resigned from his highly lucrative career so he could promote his belief that many of today's high-tech advancements came from aliens. The list of examples consist of semiconductors, fiber optics, and even lasers. Mr. Firmage has said he was willing to risk his high-profile career to study and report the fact that he believes many high-tech advancements can be traced to an alien craft crashing in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. Firmage has stated he is under the impression the U.S. military-industrial complex is covering up the truth. As if this isn't enough information for an entire podcast in and of itself, this is merely the tip of the iceberg. There has been rumors of a fully functioning secret laboratory known as The Lake, located in Salt Lake City, Utah, where secret things happen. One of the more notable tests involved what is known as the bouncing box. This anti-gravitic device has been accredited with portal technology-like attributes. Some have speculated it is the same device Dr. Stephen Greer mentions that he has seen which will provide free energy. I'm not so sure. As if this possible news isn't enough to fill in many pieces of the puzzle known as the anti-gravitic technology mystery, Mr. Firmage resigned his previous CEO position of a $3 billion company, which was responsible for much of the development of the internet as we know it. Due to a contact experience was the main reason he noted. This contact experience he had with an intelligent, 
non-human and therefore alien entity, it was something that really changed his direction in life. Back to the amazing bouncing box for a moment. The bouncing box, whose videos can be found on the internet with a simple search of Joe Firmage and bouncing box, is claimed to be an anti-gravity propulsion device, among other things, and works through the phenomenon of gyroscopic precession. The claims continue that it is a source of zero-point energy, meaning it would need to be drawn from the quantum vacuum energy field. It has been stated that the bouncing box technology can lift and propel a weight of 200 pounds. There have been claims it is self-propelled and uses only the amount of energy it takes to power a light bulb. I don't know about that. Some interesting background is that Joe Firmage is a descendant of Brigham Young. Joe had always been fascinated with astronomy. As a teenager, UFO stories intrigued him. One day, he found something very remarkable. It was a research paper by a man named Bernard Heche. Bernard was a physicist who worked just up the road from Firmage at Lockheed Martin. Bernard was also the editor of the Journal of Scientific Exploration. Bernard's paper that was read by Mr. Firmage discussed the zero-point field, which is a theoretical field of energy that permeates everything, even the empty spaces of the universe. Bernard's paper and theory included fantastic possibilities. That there are faster-than-light travel methods and spaceships that require no fuel. So what does that have to do with, oh, let's say, Tom DeLonge and TTSA? Well, many of the same people have been involved in the periphery of all of this science. Involved in major ways. And although Mr. Firmage has kept rather silent, he founded an organization by the name of the International Academy of Science and Arts which is eerily similar in scope to TTSA or the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. The International Academy of Science and Arts has divisions under it such as InterNASA, Motion Physics, Many One, and Science Modeling, to name a few. All of Mr. Firmage's companies and divisions would have never come about if it was not for his contact experience with an unearthly apparition. Joe claims his purpose is to raise the consciousness of people all over the world. Joe also claims he has met with the most senior military and scientific experts in the United States which also sounds eerily similar to the TTSA organization. 
Take that for what it is. One last strange coincidence is that of the background of the websites. For InterNASA shared a very closely resembling background to the TTSA website when it first came out. Although it has since been changed and this may hold no weight at all, this coincidence led many to believe, including myself, that the two were somehow connected. Whether this is true or not remains a mystery and remains to be seen. It is possible that the two are connected, maybe by synchronicity itself. And what it is that ties, well, the old Sherman Ranch to all of this. Yeah, the old Sherman Ranch in Utah. There are a few ties. As many know, Lou Elizondo is involved with TTSA and was previously the alleged head of ATIP, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. I think there's a lot of proof there, but let's keep opinions out of this. You don't want my opinion. When Robert Bigelow owned the Utah UFO Ranch, or the old Sherman Ranch as many knew it, a connection through Senator Harry Reid was sent to the property, to the ranch itself, to see if there was anything to the wild claims of UFOs and skinwalkers. DIA agent James Lukatsky had an extraordinary encounter. He described seeing something most similar to the cover art of Mike Oldfield's Tubular Bells. Bob Bigelow, describing what Lukatsky told him, goes as such. The tubular object was described as follows. It was rotating. It was tubular. There was a rock group that had an album called Tubular Bells. That's what's on the cover, apparently. And he said, that's the closest thing I can come to as what the structure of this thing looked like. Again, the A-tip most people know about, Lou Elizondo was the head of it. It was described as a network of intelligence officials in different agencies, DARPA, CIA, DIA, Navy, and the Air Force, amongst others. Back to James Lukatsky's experience in detail. James was in the double-wide trailer, formerly used by NIDS. Sitting in this double-wide, he noticed an object in the air, an object in the air in front of him. It apparently changed shape from a pretzel shape to a Mobius strip. It was described as three-dimensional and multicolored. After it changed shape, it disappeared. There are rumors of it, and that it may have had hieroglyphics of some sort or another on it. The ranch at the time was more on the back burner and not central to investigations involving ATIP or OSAP. 
Here is an excerpt from George Knapp's interview with Phenomenon Radio on October 11th, 2018. It was something that appeared in the air. Ten feet away from him, inside a house, while he was having a conversation. And it was at such an angle that it was only viewable of the group that was sitting there within his line of sight. The thing appeared to him, and he was trying to play it cool and not let everybody else know it was there. This guy, he's a very serious, rock-solid, brilliant guy who had read the book and thought there might be something there of interest to the DIA and the Pentagon and national security. He's in the main ranch house, hearing some stories from the caretakers who live there. And this thing appeared inside the house, in broad daylight. And I'm not going to get into details about it, but it was pretty distinct and remarkable. And it made a very big impression on this guy. And that ranch, whatever is there, had in essence given that guy from the DIA an engraved invitation to come back, and he did. The pretzel-like Mobius strip, witnessed by DIA agent James Lukatsky, is eerily similar in retrospect to the symbol used by InterNASA as their logo. Back to Joe Firmage's original contact with a non-human intelligence. This is how he described the ordeal. A remarkable being, clothed in brilliant white light, appeared hovering over my bed in my room. Out of him emerged an electric blue sphere, just smaller than a basketball, which was swirling with what looks like electrical arcs. It left his body, floated down, and entered me. Okay. In the book by George Knapp and Colm Kelleher, Hunt for the Skinwalker, science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in Utah. A portion of the book describes owner having experiences with blue orbs of roughly the same size. They are again mentioned as being blue in color and intelligently controlled. The only notable difference I could find in the descriptions is that Terry Sherman, the previous rancher and owner of the property, described them as possibly having, again, a swirling liquid within them, whereas Joe Firmage described his as having a swirling electric arc within them. It is very likely that they may have been witnessing something similar or the same thing of the same size and color and describing them slightly differently. Very intriguing. At an earlier portion of the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, Terry Sherman explains, at a time when he trusted his ranch dogs to go after the blue orb. As his ranch dogs went after this blue orb, they were later found vaporized, and only grease spots 
remained of their carcasses. Could these be the same type of blue orb? The size and shape seem eerily identical, but there are many coincidences in this puzzle. Back to the TTSA and InterNASA similarities. TTSA focuses on three similar arenas as InterNASA and Firmage's other companies. They focus on the collection and study of anomalous data, developing technology related to the findings and explaining to humanity through story. Interestingly, enough with the Joe Firmage connections. Let's go into, well, different connections. Joe Firmage's connections to the Mormon Church and others who funded much of his research, names like Daniel Marriott, come up against many, some of you already know. Very powerful Mormons are good to have in this space. A strangely interesting related organization to the Mormon Church pops up on the radar. However, it echoes similar things that have been said by people like Joe Formage and others on radio interviews, etc. The organization is the Mormon Transhumanist Association, and it has some interestingly provocative ideas. Now, I, I guess I would call myself a half-Mormon. My father was Mormon, my mother was Catholic, and I would go to one church one week and the other church the next week. So, I understand uh, many of the Mormon doctrines. Let's go that far. This particular organization is, uh, is provocative. It has some interesting ideas. On their website, they claim that as disciples of Jesus Christ, they believe in using technology to serve, lift, and love. It all sounds good to me. The transhumanist declaration of what it means to be transhumanist, adopted by several transhumanist organizations, including Humanity Plus, and this is from their website, the Mormon Transhumanist Association. I will go through the numbered characteristics. Number one, humanity stands to be profoundly affected by science and technology in the future. We envision the possibility of broadening human potential by overcoming aging, cognitive shortcomings, involuntary suffering, and our confinement to planet Earth. Number two, we believe that humanity's potential is still mostly unrealized. There are possible scenarios that lead to wonderful and exceedingly worthwhile enhanced human conditions. Number three, we recognize that humanity faces serious risks, especially from the misuse of new technologies. There are possible realistic scenarios that lead to the loss of most or even all of what we hold valuable. Some of these scenarios are drastic. Others are subtle. Although all progress is change, not all change is progress. Number four, research 
effort needs to be invested into understanding these prospects, we need to carefully deliberate how best to reduce risks and expedite beneficial applications. We also need forums where people can constructively discuss what should be done and a social order where responsible decisions can be implemented. Number five, reduction of existential risks and development of means for preservation of life and health, the alleviation of grave suffering, and the improvement of human foresight and wisdom should be pursued as urgent priorities and heavily funded. Number six, policymaking ought to be guided by responsible, inclusive moral vision, taking seriously both opportunities and risks, respecting autonomy and individual rights, and showing solidarity with and concern for the interests and dignity of all people around the globe. We must also consider our moral responsibilities towards generations that will exist in the future. Number seven, we advocate the well-being of all sentience, including humans, non-human animals, and any future artificial intellects, modified life forms, or other intelligences to which technological and scientific advance may give rise. And finally, number eight, we favor allowing individuals wide personal choice over how they enable their lives. This includes use of techniques that may be developed to assist memory, concentration, and mental energy, life extension therapies, reproductive choice technologies, cryonics procedures, and many other possible human modification and enhancement technologies. It sounds interesting, right? Totally. More info is available at transfigurism.org. Good stuff, right? At least interesting. With Elon Musk's rollout of Neuralink, this seems to be the way technology is going. Humans merging with the machine. Back to the amazing technology developments of the bouncing box, InterNASA, and previous donors to the project and employees of the project, some interesting lawsuits have shown up in court. When these things happen, this tends to come with the territory. Basically, as gathered online, Robert Kiviat worked for InterNASA for free with uh, the promise, I guess, of later payment. Joe Firmage allegedly said that Marriott, Daniel Marriott, had secured millions in funding. In reality, allegedly, Marriott had promised funding contingent on a working model of the anti-gravitic infinite energy momentum converting device known to many as the bouncing box. Long story short, when nothing came to fruition for whatever reason, as agreed upon, Marriott pulled out allegedly. It's rumored Firmage allowed people to continue to work, 
where things get hairy and interesting here, as if they aren't already, is that Robert Kiviot is slash was suing for not being paid, allegedly. And Firmage allegedly expected Kiviot to not only roll out a public scenario leading to a live demonstration of the device Firmage was inventing, and Kiviot was also expected to tell the story of the aviary UFO history. We've all heard of the aviary and UFO circles. And uh, whose name was whose and who was doing what. It's very interesting. Back to what, what is actually taking place here. The, among the stories, uh, after the story of the UFO history of the aviary, as seen through the CIA analyst Ron Pandolfi's eyes. It gets more interesting, as Ron Pandolfi wanted Kiviat allegedly, to tell the story of how his Pakistani wife, allegedly from Kashmir, purportedly arrived on Earth via an interdimensional portal. If I haven't tantalized your taste buds for high strangeness yet, I apologize. There's much more to this entire story, and there's some things I can't go into due to signing NDAs, as many as many people have to in the field. And what I can say is some involved say they disproved the claims being made involving forced, precessed, gyroscopic mechanisms to create field effects, and that there was no legitimacy to the project. What I can also mention coming out of the many comments of those involved and those in the periphery is that during experiments at the quote-unquote lake, it has been alleged that entities and otherworldly intelligences would creep or appear at the corners of the walls as if watching the experiments unfold when they were powered up. And this is only at times. Take it all with a grain of salt if you'd like. But there is so much more to all these connectivities and synchronicities, whether perfectly explained or not, there seems to be a common thread going through all of this. And that's art, that's science, traveling beyond what is humanly believed to be capable means. And many of the same players, Kit Green, Hal Putoff, and many, many others seem to always be at the center of this amazing area of study. So, yeah, I guess we uh, take that for what it is. Take it for, you know, what you believe it could be. And we continue on delving down the rabbit hole. I could keep going, but it's, it's, it, it just gets weirder and weirder. Uh, maybe we will uh, set this up for another podcast and take another deep dive into some of these declassified documents and some that may still be classified if they are uh, allowed to see the light of day. Until next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around.
Come blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like an evising. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like an evising. Blast off, blast off, blast off.